Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us, guys, for week three of Nintendo Month. Once again, this is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. And once again today, we're joined by our third brother, Marty Brueggemann. Thanks, Marty, for joining us again. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. This guys. is so fun. So as you guys know, last week we took a look at Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, and we had a wonderful time. Hopefully you guys did as well. And we are so excited to continue the Zelda vein. And today we're going to be focusing on the wonderful soundtrack of The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, released for the GameCube and the Wii. And this is pretty exciting because last week we recorded uh, the Wind Waker episode remotely, and this week we're actually all together in the same room. So this is kind of fun. I can't really remember the last time all three of us recorded a podcast together in the same place. For sure. Yeah, it this is, is legendary. A blast. Now, Marty, <laughs> let's start with you. Uh, do you have any memories of maybe when you first got this game and started to play it? Some of the first uh, maybe things you noticed about the world of this game and the music? Just kind of take us back to when you first played Absolutely. Twilight. Well, actually, my um, sort of long-term and short-term memories memories are blurring together because right now right. my wife is actually replaying Twilight oh, that's Princess. that's awesome. Um, and it's just as great as I remember it. Um, I've probably mentioned this to you guys, but if honestly, if I have to pick, I think Twilight Princess is my favorite Zelda game. There's something about the quality of the writing and the characters. Um, I know what you mean. There is a, there's a depth to it. It's, it's, I don't know, it feels like uh, a very serious Zelda experience right. and one that a lot of gamers right. have been waiting for. Well, and, and I think it sort of um, lived up to kind of the promise of that sort of next gen, yeah. immersive, very uh, almost sort of photorealistic, sure. um, kind of like epic Zelda. I think it, it yeah, feels like it captures the, the spirit of like the classic sort of right. Zelda. I think it's definitely the most cinematic and um, really solid and emotional from just like a script standpoint. And the translation, right. I think it's, I don't know, one of the best localized uh, Nintendo games in recent memory. I, that I, I, can think I of. completely agree. And, and like I maybe mentioned last week, I don't have as much experience playing the Zelda games. There's only a few that I've really um, played a decent amount of. This Wind Waker and uh, Will. What was that wonderful uh, DS Phantom game? Hourglass? Those are the three that I have played the most of. And yeah, this game really is so atmospheric, and especially when you start off the adventure. Again, we talked about it last week. Um, this soundtrack isn't quite as top heavy maybe as last week was, but some of the first themes you hear in the game are, are the ones that for me stick with me the most. Uh, amazing. And honestly, this... Um, Let's talk a little bit about yeah, that. The, the, the soundtrack to Twilight Princess is just fantastic. Um, you know, it obviously is going to incorporate a lot of the themes that by this point in time um, have already been established in Zelda. But, you know... It, I think it really actually uses a lot of them more sparingly than you might think. Mm -hmm. And there are some interesting variations. Um, you know, last week we heard some interesting variations to some of those themes in Wind Waker. But honestly, the new themes presented here, all of the new music. I know last week we talked about how there are some moments in Wind Waker that are more like film score, where we hear variations and motivic development. Right. Um, that gets taken to um, the, the next, next degree. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about what's different between Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. Last Quite week we talked about different. how uh, Kenta Nagata was the sound director and also the primary composer and I think we had four or five different composers working on that soundtrack in total. Mm -hmm. But with this game Koji Kondo is the sound director but the primary composer is Toru Minigishi. The three composers who are credited with working on the soundtrack are Toru Minigishi, Koji Kondo, and Asuka Oda. So already it's a more 
intimate group. It's mm-hmm. a tight knit group, and there's a, right. definitely a clear sense of direction and style for this music. And it's not necessarily as identifiable as sort of the swashbuckling motif for Wind Waker. It feels sure. a little closer to Ocarina, right? It definitely has a consistent emotional tone that is really powerful. That I think we're just gonna really get a yeah, lot of gonna, examples to hear. We're gonna a lot dive today. into it in one second here, but uh, we do want to mention that the thing you guys heard playing in with a lot of you might recognize that that's actually called Legend of Zelda Orchestral Piece 1 and that was originally heard for the trailer of this game when it was unveiled and everyone was so excited to hear the orchestra some people disappointed that the soundtrack wasn't orchestrated Koji wanted it to be he really fought for it but at this time developing maybe around 2005 6 they just didn't quite have the budget for it at the time well I had read too that Koji was concerned that if it was pre-recorded tracks that the music wouldn't be able to sort of make the switches exactly. on a dime that he would want exactly and, uh, based and, on gameplay and i think they could have done that if they recorded a lot of music and spent a lot of time right. doing that it right. would have been really long and expensive so i do think the, a end, wonderful track, the end though. product though is incredibly successful like the, this yeah. music i mean we we praise wind waker for having pretty good sounds but this i mean blows it out but, of the water but i will it's say that piece that koji wrote for that trailer and it actually technically is in the game i believe in some sort of demo format but yeah if, if you don't press any wonderful. buttons on the title screen um it starts playing the trailer um mm-hmm. which i would kind of recommend everyone to do <laughs> sure. before you well in that vein we're going to start things off with opening demo another very early piece of music you hear in twilight princess let's take a listen Beautiful. You guys are listening to the opening demo from The Legend of Zelda, Twilight Princess. And this is one of the tracks that is most likely composed by Koji Kondo. It's really the only thing we can have confirmed, other than the thing we played in with. We know that was him as well. And Mihiro Yakoda actually composed a different orchestral theme that was not in the game at all. It was for a different trailer, I believe. Well, actually, right. it was com- oh, composed for the same trailer, but it wasn't used. There were uh, uh, What I hear, there were three pieces composed by different Nintendo composers. Okay. I imagine the other one could have been Toru Minigishi or Kenta Nagata or just one of the other um, composers. Sure. Um, but three of them were written, and uh, Miyamoto actually chose which piece... That's use. cool. And yeah, that's such an important moment. I'll never forget first seeing that trailer. But Marty, talk a little bit about what do you think about this opening demo? Boy, um, honestly, this this is the point in the game where I was first hooked. And I, I know that might not seem like it's saying much because it's the <laughs> very first thing that you experience. But it really captures this sort of melancholy and like fascination. But it's starting at a small enough scale. You know, it's not sort of like we're bringing out the war drums and right, you know, right. like giant fireworks. Um, and it, uh, what's happening is Link is sitting with um, sort of this friend of his from the village. And they're talking about that sort of 
time of day when it's twilight and it's just it's really thought provoking and it's sort of quiet and slow and i just love it yeah it's a very slow introduction and the the lighting i think it was also showcasing i mean most people first played this on the wii and it showcased some of the really nice lighting effects that were taking place because you know a lot of people talk about how the wii you know, internally is practically the same thing as the GameCube, but it was able to support some fairly advanced lighting effects. Um, and so I think that opening um, cutscene was just beautiful and showcasing that sort of time of day of sunset was really gorgeous. Totally. And you yeah. know, it's interesting. Last week we mentioned how um, one of the few pieces at least confirmed that Koji composed for Wind Waker took place at the beginning of the game while you were getting this sort of narration and kind of overview of that the time period of Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. And here in the follow-up game, Koji's also composing the sort of the opening of the game as you're being introduced. And then what's the following game? Skyward Sword, Ko- Koji's composing again, the yeah. opening well, material. I think that's a really good point. I, I think we can probably count on Koji doing something in the same part of the of the upcoming game. You know, that's a really good point. And I think the other nice thing about this track is it sort of opens the curtain on the story, so to speak. Also, in terms of instrumentation, it really is establishing the orchestral sound of Twilight Princess. And the woodwinds. And particularly, yeah, the feature of that oboe and English horn and all those kind of woodwind sounds right. become very prominent um, as soloists in this game. I think a lot to do because parts of this game take place in forests and there's a lot of that kind of nature scenery as a part of it but i I really think that's sort of a nice foreshadowing to some of the music that we hear later on well now we're going to move on to for me when i think of this soundtrack this is the (laughs) first track i always think of in my head it's just absolutely it's one of those things that really stands with you uh years after you play the game so this is ordon village from twilight princess You guys are listening to Ordon Village from Twilight Princess. And once again, this soundtrack was worked on by Toru Minigishi, Asuka Oda, 
and Koji Kondo. Oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. Definitely for me, this one of the standouts for sure on the soundtrack, something that has stuck with me for years. And it's such a great way to establish the location that you're in in the beginning of the game. But also, you know, it's really important with these early tracks to establish what the tone of the game is going to be. Right. And there's something so humble and comfortable and very sweet about this. It feels like you're at home. It just feels like there's not a lot of danger um, in this part of the game. Right. And, but Marty noticed something really good about the bridge section. It gets pretty darn tragic in that, right. in that B section, which I think is it works really well. Yeah, honestly, it's one of those uh, utterly timeless and universal melodies. Like, really, it, in my opinion, it's one of the best Zelda melodies Yeah, ever. I would agree no with that. Question. And, and part of what makes it feel like a fantastic Zelda melody is the simplicity of it, that economy of notes where it just feels like, oh my gosh, every single note is just perfect and also so pure. Yeah. You know? Like, with, with, the, with the harmonic backdrop and... Well, it uh, feels the classic. Thing, the thing that's so special to me about this piece is it it carries the torch of classic Zelda Koji Kondo melodies of just something perfect, something that couldn't be broken down into smaller pieces. Everything about it is wonderful. Right. But there's this emotional richness that I think is greater than any other melody in the entire series. Like it like and also to me what's so mind boggling to start the game off with a theme like this mm-hmm. and it's like I, I think it's such a powerful effect because I we already mentioned how slow the pace of the opening is. It really makes you feel for all of the characters in this town, and it makes it feel like you're actually there because and a huge part of it has to do with this music because it, it's like this almost nostalgic melancholy that I usually associate with like end credits music or something sure. at the end. But to have something like this at the outset of the game, it's almost like making up for lost time. And it's <laughs> really getting you invested in these characters. And that's one of the great things about Twilight Princess in all the Zelda games you really care about the characters, like their people and what right. happens to them. Well, the music's so such many a big part emotional of points. And yes, starting the precedent from the very beginning that there's going to be a lot of themes that, you know, they're not just action-packed and fun or well, pretty melodies, mention, but they tug at your heartstrings. There's a lot right. of people that believe that Koji Kondo composed this track, and I think all three of us are probably in that camp of really thinking that he probably did. It reminds me so much of the music he wrote in this era a little bit earlier. It actually reminds me of the theme... The the main theme he wrote for Mario Sunshine in certain el- certain parts of the melody. Sure, I can But it's just, that. I don't know, it, it has his style all over it. And if it isn't him, then Toru Minigishi did a wonderful job of, yeah. of copying that style. Carl, you know, that's a great point. I never thought about Good Egg starting the same way. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if I said Sunshine, but actually, now I'm thinking about it, the main theme of Sunshine, too, there's, there's part of it that could be similar to that as well. We should dissect it and, and try to make a claim. Yeah, I mean, it I think because regardless of whether it's Koji piece. Kondo or not, the, it's the reality is if it was a Koji Kondo piece, it's one of the best pieces he's ever written. Um, and so if it's Toru Minagishi, you know, I mean, <laughs> that's all the more impressive. Hopefully in the future, we'll finally have that confirmed one day. All right, now we're going to move on to another very peaceful, beautiful track early in the game. This is Ordon Ranch from Twilight Princess. Thank you. 
You guys are listening to Ordon Ranch from Twilight Princess. This is so beautiful. Marty, you were talking about the, the way that the French horn is implemented in the soundtrack. Do you want to tell our listeners about that? Um, yeah, you know, it, uh, and it's probably not something that comes to mind when you're listening to it, or certainly not when you're playing the game because you're trying to sort of rope these goats back into their barn mm-hmm. um and that kind of takes up all of your attention i think but it's this really lovely french horn melody and um i think it, it, there's something very pastoral and very kind of pleasant about the combination of this acoustic guitar and the french horn but it's such a yeah, humble the, quality the implementation of this virtual instrument solo french horn is really nicely done and you can tell it's it's been really worked on lovingly you know you're not just sort of hearing these stock attacks um, MIDI attacks right. note by note you know they've really Very kind expressive. of worked there the the different sort of like yeah. envelopes it's pretty much the best that this kind of GameCube era general MIDI sound can get <laughs> right, before right. you actually get real players well, the thing that I also think is instrumentation wise yeah I think the solo horn has such a mellow quality it's perfect for the tone of this ranch which is also so amazing to within this village of Ordon to have these different emotional tones is great but also I think the function of the horn one of the things about the beginning of the game and really throughout it Link is like such a role model to everyone all the kids in the town really look up to you even all the adults really respect him and he's constantly getting called a hero right when I think of like a heroic instrument it really is the French horn and so part of me feels like whenever you're at this ranch I just remember the guy at the ranch is always giving you compliments like he's always saying like how impressed he is of you and one day you're right. gonna do great things but maybe you'll come back to our little ranch <laughs> and throughout the adventure you can come back and you're kind of like a celebrity in this town again that's so that's so true and it's really encouraging um f- you know for players that yeah. are taking up the controller or the you know their Wiimote yeah, I mean I think that's one of the game. great things about video games is that the ability to like engender confidence to people and right. make them feel like they're they're doing things that matter I mean I, I honestly Twilight Princess is I think one of the greatest examples of that I would definitely agree you know something that I'm noticing that um, hadn't exactly struck me before is how in the early portion of this game um, almost all of the themes are introduced by solo solo instruments you know sure. yeah. in that opening we hear the solo oboe and then there's this sort of solo pan flute sure. um, for the ordon village and then we have the solo horn here and as link starts to kind of venture out into the wider world we're going to start to hear more sort of groups of instruments groups of orchestral instruments and doubling of and sort of heavier presentations yeah. of these melodies. Yeah, it's funny when you think it, about so it. Much when you think about it conceptually there. like that and how the score grows, it makes you realize that this is really one of the greatest soundtracks that Nintendo has ever produced. And I think it's easy to look to start looking at things like Mario Galaxy and even the later Zelda games of like once they're using real instruments and or full orchestras and stuff that it's like, oh, now they're taking the music more seriously. But as much as all that stuff is great, um, you have to remember that the performance isn't everything and that what they're able sure. to do with these instruments is it, I arguably way more expressive than possibly what they did in all of Skyward Sword. Well, now we're going to move on to one of the most important pieces in the game. This is Ilya's theme from Twilight Princess. <laughs> Thank you. 
You guys are listening to Ilya's theme. This is such a beautiful piece. Really, probably one of the top three melodies, I would say, in the game. It's so pure. It's so simple. Beautiful. Completely, um, yeah. We do have to mention, uh, most likely, Toru Minigishi, almost guaranteed, right. composed this one. Um, he, he was the main composer, and it's the only thing we know um, confirmed that he did the Hyrule Field main theme. And it says that he did all of the field in dungeon music. Uh, so... You know, knowing that this is, there's really no way this wasn't him. I mean, I will say Koji Kondo really has his pick of qualified prodigies. <laughs> you know, the, to to the protégés, take up, yeah, yeah, protégés to take up after him. I mean, someone like Toru Minigishi, prodigy protégés, has been very vocal about his love of Koji Kondo, right? And yeah. even um, Mihiro Yakoda, uh, his I've I've read interviews where he's told stories about in high school when Ocarina of Time came out for him, and he would just play it all the time on the piano right. and really study. And it's like, I love hearing those stories because to think that these people loved and idolized Koji Kondo, like, honestly, the way that, like, we do, but sure. for them to get to grow up and work at Nintendo and work with him and write themes for Zelda and Mario, like, it really touches your heart to hear it's, that. It is, it is such a, it's such a great story. I mean, it's almost that sort of fairy tale type of story, you know, and when listening to something like Ilya's theme, boy, is that taking the philosophy of Koji's writing and Koji's music in Zelda in particular to the next generation, you know? And honestly, this opening motif that da is very similar to the sort of um, Lon Lon Ranch motif in Ocarina of Time. Sure. Yeah. It's just one note, slightly different. And But I love how that very simple three-note motif here in Ilya's theme, the way that that's, that, that that evolves over the course of the melody and that that transforms is is so beautiful. And the character of Ilya um, is one that I think most players really kind of grow fond um, yeah. towards. It. She has this really strong relationship with Link's horse and Link and Ilya seem to be very good friends. Perhaps there's even something a little bit more there. I love kind of how they walk and I love, the line and the with story that. gets in the way. It's one of those right. things. It's a great effect in film where you just kind of hint at possibly a chemistry between two people and then the plot gets going and you don't really Absolutely. have time to think about it. And so then it's just links pushed into the mode of hero and it, it's so well done. It really is like, I don't know, it, when you... When I think of it, I agree with you that I think it's my favorite Zelda as well. When you just look at every Zelda game, like Twilight Princess just like leaps out in terms of story and storytelling i mean wind waker was fantastic skyward sword i really love i mean ocarina of time is great but honestly when you go back and play them from just the sheer effect emotionally like there's nothing like twilight princess yeah the last thing i want to say about Ilya's theme before we move on is there's something so unique about nintendo composers they're able to create such a calming relaxing feeling for a lot of these main themes in their games you know it just reminds so me true. of so many soundtracks on the gamecube and the wii this era particularly it's so relaxing and and it's more relaxing than you would get if you were playing an adventure an rpg game from a, any other company i don't I'm know sure. there's just there's a simplicity to it that you can listen to this well, over and, and over and over again. It's the diversity in the soundtrack. All the village and most of the character themes are very sweet and, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. relaxing. But then you get to some of the field and the dungeon music, and yeah. it's so epic and rousing. Well, it's, now we're going to move on so to a track called Enter the Darkness. Here we go.
You guys are listening to Enter the Darkness from Twilight Princess, and definitely the first track today that gives a, a very different emotional quality than what well we've heard so far. Well titled here. Enter sure. the Darkness. And, you know, really, there's not going to be a lot of tracks like this on the playlist. Uh, when we were going through and whittling, we really, we really wanted to try to play the most beautiful music and really the strongest melodies of the soundtrack. So there's going to be a couple of these uh, tracks like this to give some contrast, but there's a lot of this music in the... I mean, this soundtrack is like six hours long, so there's tons of really tense um kind of climactic music it's, that's it's all so really good though yeah it's so incredibly effective and what i like is it takes its cues from a lot of things from ocarina or, or koji melodies like honestly that little figure at the end yeah dun, dun, the rising kind of power chord you think it reminds me a lot of like the ganondorf theme and sure. some yeah. of the stuff in ocarina and wind waker it's really good well now we're going to move on to one of the other main themes in the game this is the theme you hear all the time and it's one of my favorite themes in the game this is midna's theme enjoy You guys are listening to Midna's theme from Twilight Princess. I'll never forget uh, not only this moment in the game, but um, I remember when um, this game came out, it was really the launch of the Wii, and I was living with my friend Mitch in college freshman year, and I went with him to the store overnight, you know, to wait for the Wii. We came back, played this game pretty much all night. I just watched him play it, and oh my gosh, this is such a great moment in the game. Really one of my favorite themes. If there's one word to describe this uh, emotion that you're getting, I guess I would say mystery. What do you guys think? If you had to pick one I word. I would say twilight. Twilight. <laughs> I would say princess. <laughs> I would say cube or we. No. Um, yeah, mystery. Yeah. Absolutely, it's filled with mystery. Um, you know, uh, I was saying how on Ilya's theme, um, it's almost like Toru Minigishi took inspiration possibly from Lon Lon Ranch, which makes sense. Mm. Ilya Ilya loves horses as as well, so there, that sort of makes I sense. Could see that. He takes well, and that, that theme it exists in the game, so it's that nice. Right. When you blow on the grass. It's a lot of ocarina themes right. exist in the game. Um, and what's so great about this is uh, Midna is a character, um, and she sort of serves the function of Navi or sort of your um, mm-hmm. the fairy that kind of accompanies you. But she has a lot to say and she has her own story and a lot of personality. Yeah, she but does. she's someone you meet in the dark world. And actually, if we go back to Link to the Past in the dark world theme, there's a little answering right. phrase that happens and it's like, Ya-na-na. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's the opening of Midna's theme. Sure. Which I just thought, like, yeah, like, 
What a brilliant idea from from Toru Minigishi, and, well, and I it's love one of those how things, he elaborates it, on that into this gorgeous melody. Well, and what here. I love is whether it's intentional or not. In in far as the world is concerned, it works it the rings same way. True, because that character exists in the dark world and is born out of that. So whether it was an intentional motif or not, it's still a motif from oh, the you know yeah. it doesn't sure. really matter. I love that. It track. still functions. The That's same a way. beautiful. Theme. It's such a great melody, and I feel like this is an example of him taking the philosophy of Koji Kondo as a melodic composer and sort of how it's scored and orchestrated but really a lot of freedom and contour with this melody that it's completely well, again yeah. unique in the in series. In the last thing Martin, Marty mentioned this when we were listening to it is it's definitely worth noting um, there's a lot of the themes in this game that use like a solo instrument and there's only like two or right. three instruments. It's still orchestral because they're orchestral instruments you know right. but it's... it makes it more interesting getting to hear the different groups of the orchestra mm-hmm. and then the moments where we hear it in full it's more effective it doesn't tire out yeah. your ears as much right well now we're going to move on to fair on woods from twilight princess You guys are listening to Fair on Woods, composed most likely by Toru Minigishi um, from Twilight Princess. It's such a unique piece of music, and we were all deciding when we were listening to this once again, what is the emotion that this one conjures up? And it's really hard, but it's Marty, so unique, what did we it? land on? Um, we landed on some sort of like faraway danger, definitely mystery, yeah. uh, sort of similar with Midna, but it, it's not like danger that's right in front of you, but potentially there's danger. Well, what I, is that mystery forest, yeah. but it, from a different lens. It's very d- much a different lens because it has that mystery that so much great Nintendo, Zelda, Mario forest music has. But really for me, if when I, w- if I would listen to this and not know what the track was called, I would assume this is a desert piece of sure. music. It has much more similar to that um, but it definitely works for for fair on well, suppose you have those mirages in the desert where you can't fully trust what it is that you're seeing yeah, yeah. and there's I, sort of a similar that sense chromatic here. fault and da, 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 really helps capture that sort of emotional mm-hmm. tone and I, I really think, think part of the ambiguity musically comes from the fact that um, in the in the acoustic guitar we're hearing this arpeggio and we're not hearing the third of the chord right um, so it's like the suspended chord the open and sound. because of the tone I am anticipating a minor tonality and right. I think probably most people are mm-hmm. and then the melody comes in the 
it's surprising. And we hear this sort of major kind of well, Mixolydian kind yeah. of melody, and it's like, where? But are yeah, we? but it's still beautiful too. And that's one of the things that is so great about Twilight Princess, and why I think it's resonated over the years is that yes, it has these um, you know moments of mystery, intention, and surprise, but it's still beautiful. It's still something that. Uh, you right. can hum. You can actually sing this melody just walking down the street. And that's not really the case with um, other soundtracks that have these types of emotions because these emotions aren't necessarily unique to this game. There's a lot of games that have mysterious woods. Yeah, well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I really like what you were saying, Marty, about the nature of how the tonality affects the emotions because it really almost sounds like polytonal in sections because you are, sure. like you were saying, anticipating the minor tonality, but the melody is almost it, it completely juxtaposes that and then you have moments where it's harmonized almost in two different keys at once you right. could just look at it as like, oh, like parallel tone sort of fifths feeling. or yeah Absolutely. whatever but it it ends up sounding like we're in two but again, different keys it's it doesn't all these do that too much effects. it's still classy <laughs> right. you know what i'm saying right. it's just yeah. giving you well, also that. i think the last thing to mention is the feature of the woodwinds again particularly the bassoons the chords that's yeah. what makes it really feel like forest music to me honestly to me this is like what the feeling, the the kind of fear that you get going to being in a forest alone when you're a kid, where there's <laughs> a, it's beautiful and there's nothing so overtly well, dangerous, but it's you like you said, Marty, there there could be some danger. Well, how many times corner. as a kid did you go into a forest alone? No, but I think that's that's well, Will had a unique childhood. <laughs> no, but there was actually a year when he forest. was missing and we found him in the forest. No, but I mean, we did go to the forest. We did go to the woods all the time as kids. Usually, with um, yeah. Parents. I don't know what is. It seems like Americans we don't use the term forest when we could. Like we say woods. Yeah, They're, they are essentially the same thing, right? Pretty but, much. But anyways, I, I think that is clearly important to Shigeru Miyamoto because so many of the games involve this kind of forest of illusion or lost woods mystery forest where you know you could get lost and see some mirage or it's like that 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 yeah, concept almost a cliche at this mystery initial ideas a little were bit inspired by his childhood exactly that's yeah. kind of what i'm thinking why to me this piece almost puts his finger on that emotion more than any of the other ones well i'm excited to move on to this next track we'll have will and marty give a little bit of context after we play it uh this is hidden skill training You guys are listening to Hidden Skill Training from Twilight Princess. Uh, this, I love this piece. It, 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 it's a completely um, unique piece in the game. Um, and the whole way this whole scenario is portrayed is really unique. What happens is uh, as Link 
goes through his journey, this mysterious wolf figure that's almost kind of translucent like a ghost will jump and attack you and then you experience this kind of hallucination dream and you talk to this hero of legend, this person who's passed, who passes his skills on to you. It's implied maybe, in fans have speculated that maybe this is like an old version of the Link from Majora's Mask or something right. that's like in spirit, you know, talking to He's a pretty formidable well, and it kind of reminds me of Harry, Harry Potter a little bit because, you know, in this game, Link transforms into a wolf and that this guy is a wolf. It's kind of like in Harry Potter, how you have those spirit animagnuses that kind of... The Patronus. Are, yeah, yeah, unique to you. Patroni, maybe? Probably? Yeah, maybe. That's that's Patroni. <laughs> that's a Patroni really good track. Right. It's reminiscent of other themes in the game, but it's very simple. And you start and to effective. hear that marching snare, which... Ever since Ocarina of Time just sort of is part of the Zelda landscape. <laughs> well, now we're going to move on to another beautiful track, a little bit of tragedy in this one. This is Our Children Taken. This is so beautiful. You guys are listening to Our Children Taken, and Will's going to talk a little bit about the context of the game, but this was a track that really stood out to me. I don't know if I remember hearing this, um, playing or watching this game, but I definitely, when I was listening to the soundtrack, I was blown away by this. And you can tell it's a it's a unique moment in the game that probably only happens once, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, a little context, this game, the village that you're from, this Ordon village, is this really small but very tightly knit sort of pastoral community and all the all the families the few families that live there are all very close and what happens is one of the young boys his name is Colin who really idolizes Link and really looks up to him he's kind of kind of a sissy and weaker than the other kids and he gets but he taken, really right? wants to grow up and be like Link and in his moment of bravery um, to try to defend some of the other kids, he ends up getting taken hmm. by the beast. And so this happens when you go into um, his mother's house it's and so talk beautiful. to her. It's so beautiful. And the, the, that instrument, that melodic instrument, that sort of uh, like a music, music box, box yeah. is so effective for representing just how dear her child is to her and sort of well, the Well, Will brought up a great, a, great, yeah. a great thing about Toru Minigishi is that the, the reason why I think Will was saying why, you know, Mario Galaxy is another example of Mihiro Yokota, Toru Minigishi, when there's so many examples where it's like, oh, this has to be Koji Kondo, because in addition to being able to nail that sound, uh, Toru Minigishi also has his own style. Well, I think it, what, what Carl's saying is it's like in Galaxy, for instance, you have a track like Space Junk Galaxy that's Mihiro Yokota, and it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. And it's nothing like 
anything I've ever heard from Koji Kondo. So I was kind of thinking, you know, that's his sound. Well, what's and an example of that I was stubborn to think game? that uh, Gusty Garden could also be by that same man because that sounds more like the Koji realm. And so uh, part of me, I'm resistant to think tracks like Ordon Village mm-hmm. or maybe Ilya's theme could be Toro Minigishi, or at least I used to be, because you hear something like Farron Woods and how effective it is, sure. but how evocative and different or even Midna's theme than it is but from what we're Ko- saying is that's Koji a conscious melody. choice. It, the fact that he's able to still have his mm-hmm. own sort of harmonic language, but also speak the language and, of Koji And it just Kondo. shows so much range. And yeah, uh, I like the point really that does. you guys have already been making, which is uh, Nintendo has an incredible roster of composers that honestly, I think sometimes <laughs> the three of us feel like aren't totally um, utilized. Take, yeah, aren't totally taken advantage uh, of. Sure. include Koji himself in that. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, now, guys, I couldn't be more excited to move on to this week's track of the week. This is a little bit more of a longer track, so um, we're going to, you know, listen to about two to three minutes of this. So sit back and enjoy, and we'll come back and talk about this wonderful piece. This is the Hyrule Field main theme composed by Toru Minagishi.
my gosh. You guys are listening to the track of the week this week. This is Hyrule Field main theme. Um, really, really the main theme of you know, Twilight It might be Princess. the track of several weeks. In it's mind. the track, one of the best tracks just of this perfect. whole era. It's just composed so by splendid. Toru Minigishi, and definitely he had a great supervisor, Koji Kondo. <laughs> Probably every step of the way, just, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a great, good job with that. <laughs> well, well I mean, honestly, he could have done his own supervising, too. I mean, he, he loves Koji Kondo so much and clearly has spent the time uh, analyzing. Yeah. The the main thing I want to talk about is, uh, what do we call that? I guess we can call it the main theme of Twilight Princess. The theme that we had to wait so long for, like three and a half minutes yeah, for. Da, 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 yeah, yeah, that da, da, is probably da, da. my favorite melody in the game. It's so beautiful and I think there's one more track in the playlist uh, we're going to get to that's kind of a you It's know, a reoccurring motif. That. that and da, 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 yep. is used in a bunch of different fashions and, and gets they, distorted. And they, t- they and tend to be presented kind of together uh, one state statement usually like in a lot of cutscenes. Well, in the and game. even in yeah. this track, he does so many great right. jobs of combining the B section. Yet, I just love how long you have to wait for that theme to come in. Like it's like three and a half minutes. So by the time it comes in, like you think it's already looped, but it hasn't. And again, such a great ending. So yeah, so so worth the wait. And I love this soundtrack version, which incorporates. Um, the Hyrule Field at night, you know, when you're sort of fighting these other demons. Well, also, it's and... worth mentioning that when you're playing the game, there's great transitions. And, and you know, it's like when we're listening to the soundtrack, for example, this track is five minutes and ten seconds. Um, but right. some of that stuff uh, is, is going to be different lengths depending on well, what you're Well, I think playing. the other great thing, because we mentioned how there's sort of those two main sections, that A theme and that B theme, are sort of inseparable. And it's fitting because that ends with Oh my gosh, that's good. Well, a lot of material interweaved. Yeah, you know, um, I don't know. I think a lot of uh, us that are fans of Zelda and the Zelda music kind of kind of imagine, oh, what would it be like if there actually were a, a really excellent Legend of Zelda film? And I don't know about you guys, but if there ever were a film, and it of course would have to incorporate wonderful Zelda music, I would just so love to hear this primary this Twilight Princess theme somewhere somewhere in that yeah. score. It's one of the best Zelda themes, absolutely. Well, now we're going to move on to a beautiful track. This is Kakariko is Saved. <laughs> listening to Kakariko is saved um what a great piece of music and so i know beautiful. the um 
this this sort of primary version of this theme, just the Kakariko Village theme, mm-hmm. um, you guys have played on the podcast. I think probably yes. a few times. Yeah, we've played that before. Such a strong piece of music, and that's a piece that for me, almost from like a musicological perspective, that I strongly feel is Koji Kondo. Part of it is the outline of the melody is so similar the to file the, the file select from Super Mario sixty four. The yada da 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 da. You know, it's that same sort of pitch contour, and I, I almost have a hard time believing that another composer would kind of get that close and and sort of feel right. comfortable with well, it. Also, the fact that it's so different than the Kakariko theme that we know. I know, mm-hmm. Will, you were mentioning when we were listening to this that it, that it's more likely that Koji would have the kind of guts to take that kind of departure. Right, because, I mean, I, I, I would imagine that Toru Minigishi would want to be so sacred with the Koji Kondo themes. And I probably think, use the other right, one. The other thing is that, since I really believe that Ordon Village is Koji, this makes sense that this would also be another Koji, that maybe he would have done a couple of the village themes. And also, from a harmonic standpoint, the accompaniment figures, when I think of Ordon Village, dun 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 and those sort of chord clusters are vi- are very similar to boom, 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 well, like I said, good hopefully one day we're, we'll be able to get that confirmation. Right. I know it must sound odd to those of you listening. It's like, boy, why are these why three brothers matter? so obsessed with Koji Kondo crediting? And it's it's really hard to, to say or to defend even, but it's we really do care. Well, we want, I mean, we want to know. One of we our don't biggest, have the information. He's one of our biggest inspirations. And to know that one person's output can be so consistently it of is a high caliber, it's so inspiring just as a composer yourself to know that you really can push yourself. And at the same time, it's important to know which tracks were Toru Minigishi. Because right. Because that's also inspiring. We, yeah, we also want to celebrate, we want to celebrate whoever is, is responsible. Right, and exactly. maybe that is sort of a kind of a Western perspective. I'm not entirely sure, but it, it does feel, I think, sometimes a little it's um, important almost uncomfortable us, yeah. for us when we don't really know exactly where to direct yeah. our praise. I think the other thing, just like harmonically with this and Ordon, it really reminds me of the end credits to Spirit Tracks. Um, that, sure. that whole, that Koji, that confirmed Koji Kondo piece, that's the credit that for Spirit credits, Tracks. Yeah. Very similar kind of harmonic language with those arpeggios and those kind of clustery chords. Even that's a beautiful track. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like these three are kind of, I don't know, have some sort of symbiosis. Well, now let's move on to a beautiful track called Sanctuary. beautiful tragic piece of music called sanctuary from twilight princess will uh do you want to give a little context of the use in the game yeah well this um is this is the sanctuary is a place in kakariko village where the village shaman lives um and i think this sort of fits the tone of that character but also there's a lot of tragedy associated to this location because um what happens is both Ilya and colin who are characters that we mentioned before get captured into the dark world and once you rescue some of your friends and family 
uh, they're still kidnapped, and you rescue Colin first, and then eventually when you find Colin Il- Firth, did you say? No. Okay. <laughs> you do but rescue Colin um, Firth Eventually when you um, rescue Ilya, it's really sad because she's actually had amnesia, and she loses her memory. And so this is usually where she is. And so there's this real kind of sad tragedy to like rescuing this character, and she kind of can't well, remember what you. I like about that track is it's a very beautiful melody and chord progression, but what's funny is that general midi you know pan flute sound is not the best representation of that but that's what i think is kind of cool is because like that's really the only time you hear that melody and it's only on that pan flute you know what i'm saying like it ends up taking on like such an identity that yeah absolutely well now we're going to move on to lake hilia from twilight princess guys are listening to lake hilia or lake hylia from however you want to pronounce it from twilight princess i only said i only said hylia because she's the because a big part of skyward sword has to deal with the goddess hylia who's the namesake of hyrule Mm -hmm. yeah you know the acoustic guitar is used so often in the soundtrack and it definitely kind of gives it when i think of that i think of oh that's twilight princess that's kind of that humble sound and you know there was that great project i don't know if any of you guys are familiar with this um twilight Twilight symphony Symphony? um now, I don't remember what the acoustic guitar sounds like in that arrangement. It sounds pretty nice. I actually do have the, the Twilight Symphony, mm-hmm. um, and it incorporates a lot of um, very not, very nice high-end, but um, virtual instruments for a sure. lot of the orchestra. There are also soloists, and I think there's a real choir on a few tracks. Is the guitar, do you happen and to the remember? The guitar is real. Um, okay. I mean, from I can be a little picky about these things. It engineered pretty well, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah, you know what I love about this track? It actually reminds me of John Williams. Um, the use of that guitar in sort of a piece like this, especially sure. when you hear it in octaves, really You're reminds about me John of Williams, the, the classical guitarist. Yeah. Oh, not the classical guitarist. John who Williams, confuses the composer, everyone's Google searches. The composer who uses guitar and something like right. the John Williams DreamWorks theme. I think even right. the contour of the melody is kind of similar. Are you guys excited for That's the upcoming true. Williams Williams collaboration? I wonder why they've never done anything together because John Williams. Uses yeah, I wonder what happens guitar. when they bump into each other like at the same restaurant or something. Like, is there a lot of? It's possible tension? that John Williams hates John Williams music. Which John I'll let Williams you guys. Hates I'll, I'll let you guys music? be the judge of what I mean by so that. Yeah, if you don't, if you guys don't know, there's uh, actually a very famous classical guitarist. He's not going anywhere, folks, and he's very talented. But his name is also John Williams. Um, Poor guy. So if you're Pretty searching for name. John Williams music. 
Uh, it can sometimes get a little and bit And I actually wouldn't be surprised if there might be a John Williams well, listening to this right now. I feel because every right. single time I've come across him, I'm like, ugh, I don't want this. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but it has nothing to do with his music. It's just that it wasn't the search you were looking for. <laughs> yeah. This is not the search you were looking for. All right, now we're going to move on to a beautiful track. When I was listening to the soundtrack, I was kind of, uh, make, to make sure I had you know the, the right quality and stuff, I this is one of the tracks I kind of stumbled upon. And, oh, I just immediately really liked it. So let's take a listen to Prince Rollis is Sam. Saved. That is gorgeous. You guys are listening to Prince Rollis has saved a wonderful arrangement of the main theme of Twilight Princess with some very interesting um, altered chords and kind of added sections. This is so beautiful. This is one of my favorite tracks in the game. This is just stunning. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I, I do think it almost speaks for itself. Just, I mean, we did so much yeah. analysis of the main theme, but like this presentation is arguably even better. I mean, even though you don't get the the full oh my it's god just it's just it's incredibly beautiful oh, yeah. i mean talk about tugging at your heartstrings good lord this soundtrack is just a monster when it comes to it feels that. like the most emotional zelda soundtrack so far Which that i think had. is really singing oh what a gorgeous chord yeah i'm so distracted i can't even talk about it because things will <laughs> right. happen in the music well, and, and the I'm opening like physically sort of affected that opening string idea that yeah yeah, mm-hmm. so which sort appealing. of evokes that the opening demo track that yeah, we first yeah, da, heard, da. and then nice. but it becomes this lovely background for our the, our main theme. Yeah, that's here. another one. You you've made so many great observations about little nuggets in melodies that either reference other material or could be looked at as motifs. And again, it almost doesn't matter if that was intentional right. or right. not because the reality is they both they're all within the fabric of the same universe. So it just makes it more effective. It's like if you choose to look at, it's almost like when you read like you know a a great novel and you're noticing some connection between two characters and maybe it's not what the author intended but if it makes it doesn't your world feel it doesn't really matter in a way yeah yeah Yeah, it's in the eye of the beholder or the ear of the behold the ear of the the heel (laughs) you know the ear of the heel because a lot of times i've seen a lot of like youtube videos um where people will take excerpts from film music and find you know supposed quotes from pieces of classical music and how much of that is conscious gregorian chant themes or something and they try to find that these motifs exist all over the place and some of it i think is probably intentional but a lot of it just isn't and happens just to be the reality of making music but it almost doesn't matter because if they're able to find some symbolic relationship between these two things and it makes the content stronger for them i think that's for the best well now we're going to move on to midna in distress and after we play this i'm sure will can will and marty can give us some context of the use in the game enjoy 
Marty made a wonderful observation um, about Midna's theme of how it's uses da 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 right at the end about how that's the same function it has in the Dark World theme, which I think is a great point. This is uh, Midna's lament. That's what I know it as, and this is such a wonderful variation of Midna's theme along with some of the other themes from this game. The Hyrule Field theme. It's such a gorgeous little arpeggio that ostinato um, in the left hand of the piano. It's so effective and illustrious. Very mysterious. Marty said it, it was reminiscent of the Lost Woods theme from this game, which I think is a good point. And if I'm, if I remember correctly, that's also played on the piano and it right. has some cues to the ocarina Lost well, Woods. Uh, guys, I think it's, it's also haunting. Sort it's of worth mentioning that there's not a lot of tracks that feature solo piano in the soundtrack. It's really, it feels like a standout. I mean, you hear that's it, a good point. you hear it, but it's like, this is just piano. I can't think of it. We haven't played one so far, definitely. Wow. I, that's such a good point. Partly because even now it, it was dawning on me like, wait a second, it's solo piano. I don't know what it is. There's something yeah. about maybe the atmosphere of it or the well, delay the or the melodies reverb. are what are the focus. I kind of forget it's that it's It's a really important piano. emotional point musically in the game that I think somehow solo piano in the context of all this honestly general midi orchestral stuff it it like centers um the emotions in in a very powerful and almost mature way the other thing i like is it, it's using the meter in a way that feels incredibly uneven it's in three but by the nature of that arpeggio it almost feels like it's in like five or seven or something just have you know it has right. that uneven quality where it's like rising and it never gets completely resolved yeah, I'm glad that we're... type of arpeggio you expect to be in like four well, I'm glad we were able to include that because we wanted to include some interesting examples of, of the motivic development in the soundtrack. So that's one of my favorite examples of that. So now we're going to move on to a beautiful track. Will, what's the context of this track, Love, in the game? I'm pretty sure. Um, so th what's fun is when you get to the uh, Hyrule Castle Town in this game, it's so much bigger than it was in Ocarina of Time. And there's all these characters and little adventures and side quests and whatever. And I'm pretty sure this happens. Um, there's a girl named, I think her name is like Agatha, and she collects all these different bugs. Um, and she loves bugs. She right. loves so like when bugs. You have when this you, net and you're yeah. collecting different butterflies and insects. Right, and when you collect them and give them to her, she just So you're really saying the, the title of this track, Love, is representing the love she has for bugs. I'm pretty sure. I definitely know it's, it's a Castle love. Town side quest. So let's take a listen to Bug Love. listening to love which is um it's sort of a clever title um because 
as we were listening to this, we were remembering this is what you hear after you beat a boss. And when you beat a boss, uh, your reward is uh, a new heart container, which, yeah, which adds, increases your life. Increases that increases makes more sense life. than bug love. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to tell you how to interpret this. So, <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of us have bug love. Well, I think what <laughs> jogged our memory was the second section because so beautiful. Only that right? first part, I was thinking of Agatha, but then after I heard this and you hear the Midna's theme, it's like, oh, this is after you beat the boss. One thing I noticed is this is the first time we hear the Wurlitzer instrument and the soundtrack did you guys hear that it might be the first time we the hear the world sir in, in the zelda <laughs> in the works, last though. maybe it works really well no i just yeah i adore the well world, you know sir. we mentioned uh you know we're reaching the end of the game and now it's time to play it's the only boss theme that we're playing on today and now there's so much great boss music uh again we tried to find the best melodies we could to play today we're only playing 20 tracks. We could easily have an episode that's like a leftovers of Twilight Princess. So there's a lot more great stuff. But with that said, let's play what I think is maybe the strongest boss theme of the game. This is the Ganondorf Battle Second Half. You guys are listening to the Ganondorf battle second half. This is so epic. Oh my gosh. Now, Will, uh, you were mentioning that you've heard a rearrangement of this particular Well, the, again, that uh, Chad Cider Symphony of the Goddesses, which, which is, is so, so wonderful. Awesome. In another example, much like the Wind Waker end battle, uh, he really livens up the orchestration for this piece and shows you how right. wonderful the music is underneath. I really think it's so epic. I love how rhythmic and percussive it is. The context for this section is that um, uh, you had just fought Ganon in his beast form and there was this section where you're on a beast horse. Beast mode, if you will. You're on a section where you're on a horse with Zelda shooting light arrows and then this last section, you're in this like fiery ring and you get to utilize a lot of your sort of close combat skills that you've learned throughout the game. One of the cool things that you learn throughout the adventure is these skills as sort of a sumo wrestler and you have to use right. them to protect yourself from these big rocky gorons. Yeah, I but remember that. But at the end, that. you kind of use those skills to fight 
fight and defeat Ganon. Yeah, this was. I remember watching this entire battle. My roommate Mitch, he was playing it. I was just like on the edge of my seat it's for this so whole thing. It's so epic. Like this it's is so the most epic. epic thing in any Zelda game. And hearing game. the music and that percussion and the choral element, it's what we'd expect from an epic fantasy film. I love yeah. that. Bum gum, bum gum, bum bum bum. It's such a great oh, rhythmic God, idea. So and Marty was saying that he was really appreciating not just this time, but in general, the Ganon theme. Always you know? the Ganon theme. It's yeah, just you know, so I mean, effective. the Ganon theme um, isn't probably something you'd have as as your ringtone, um, but it's not designed to be <laughs> anybody evil. <laughs> it, it gets it gets under your skin, and it, it's it's really brilliant in that way. Right, and it makes an appearance in almost every Zelda game, or anytime you Born see Ganon to the past. Yeah, yeah and again, one of those classic themes that was first that first appeared in link to the past and it, it's so cool how it, it only happens with one point in that game right when you first meet ganon you right. fall into the hole and he's talking to you and that's the thing that plays and then that's the only time in the entire game you know because so then creepy. when the boss battle gets going you never hear it after that right all right guys we're now going to move on to the last track of the day this is the ending of twilight princess here we go Guys, thanks so much for joining us for this second week in a row where we focused on a wonderful soundtrack. This was obviously The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. We had a wonderful time. We want to thank Marty once again for joining us last week and this week. Man, it was such a blast to, to listen to these soundtracks with you. Oh, no, it was it was such a treat for me, guys. I can't thank you enough for including me. These are two soundtracks that I know mean a lot to a lot of a lot of people out there, um, but mm-hmm. really mean a lot to me personally. And it was such a treat to be able to join well, you guys. I, I have so many memories. Marty with you specifically around this game that's why like as soon as Carl and I when we plotted out oh we're gonna do this what if we did Wind Waker and Twilight Princess at first I'm like for Twilight Princess Marty has to yeah. be there like that's not negotiable because I mean I'm so that was glad one of the that. first Zelda oh, games thanks, I ever guys. got into and I just have memories of playing it with you and really experiencing we, I kind of was there when you played through on your first time through and it was really yeah, emotional but I mean it, it's it's a game that's really it's stayed a, with yeah me. it sticks with everybody who's ever played this game so wonderful we're going to leave you guys with the staff role of Twilight Princess once again the composers we have Toru Minigishi Asuka Oda and Koji Kondo join Hats us off. next week for another wonderful episode yeah, we of have, Nintendo we have month. two more weeks yeah. of this epic it's actually five long Nintendo month five weeks this year and a little bit of plug for Nintendo um, it's all but confirmed due to some kind of like high tech analysis of the Wii, uh, the Wii U shop that they are actually working on a Twilight Princess HD. So for those of mm. you that um, were moved by the soundtrack and maybe haven't played the game, um, there likely is going to be a HD re-release um, in the near future. That Which makes is, a lot of sense. Which is so fitting because it's one of the most beautiful games. It's fitting to kind of have... And they that unveiled that footage a long time ago with before the Wii U came out. Right. You know? So I think everyone's, everyone's been waiting for that. All right, guys. We had a great time this week. Once again, my name is Carl Brueggemann. I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. And I'm Marty Brueggemann. Have a great week, everyone. Peace out. Peace out.